Hello and welcome back to the podcast. It is me, Mark, and I'm joined today again by a new guest. It feels like I was speaking to them just this morning because I was. How are you, Matt Telford? I'm really good, Mark. Thank you very much. Like you said, it was nice to see you again this morning, although not in the greatest circumstances. But yeah, nice to see you again. Um, It feels like it was just this morning because it was. (laughs) exactly i've been installing a solar system format we're not going to get into that because i'll start ranting about commissioning and i've already done that on a youtube video that's going out on my own channel but we've been putting one of the give energy all-in-one systems into matt's home and they're new to market there are fantastic products really good and there will be a video about all of that but we're not going to get into solar we're not going to get into it matt how are you and what is your current situation I'm, I'm really good, Mark. My current situation is that I am like a lot of people that you see and deal with on Apprentice one-to-one. I am um, older than your average apprentice and looking to try and come into the electrical industry through that kind of route. Um, I make no bones about it. I'm 48. I'm old. Um, I didn't really know what I was doing for the first number of years of my life. Um and I've kind of taken a bit of a turn now and think, actually, this is something I really, really, really want to get into. So you're determined to qualify as an electrician, but obviously at 48 years old, you've spent quite a bit of time out in the world doing stuff. If you'd like to give us a brief overview of your, your kind of working history and what brought you to this point, you don't have to go into detail, just keep no. it as, as the level so you I, like. Yeah, so um, I, I left school Um. I had a bit of a torrid time after I left school. Um, so I had a kind of a year out, but then I went into uh, training to be a mechanic. So I uh, got my level three in motor vehicle. I got an old NVQ um, and did that for a little while before I went off to, went to university, redid some sort of learning. Um, and I ended up kind of um, in a role where I was a, a technical trainer delivering training for MOTs. Um, and did something around that for 15, nearly 20 years. Um, so I've ended up involved in delivering training, working with apprenticeships and, and understanding all of that technical delivery, but from a motor vehicle side, because that's my background. Um, and it's something that I'm really interested in. I think apprenticeships are great. I really, really do. I think the old frameworks were a bit wonky for anyone that remembers them. And the new standards are much better. They're much clearer in what people have got to do. Um I think there's a lot of issues that that we've identified and you are aware of and a lot of other people are aware of. Um, but from that, I, I came into training. I, I went up through apprentice management. So I've, I've run apprentice delivery in uh, organisations. I've got quite a wide understanding of apprenticeships. And it's between that and me realising that actually, you know, the electrical space is the place to be. I mean, like you said, you've just been in doing solar and battery at mine. Um, you look at all the stuff in the news, it's all about renewables, it's all about, you know, the phasing out of the gas, it's all about, you know, all electric cars from 2030. It's a real time to be in this space. And I am, I will admit it, I'm lucky enough that I can take a hit on a salary, learn what I need to learn and go and if needs be, be an apprentice. Um, I mean, in the meantime, I've been doing my level two in an evening course at uh, Stafford College, which is about the localist for me. Um, I'm currently looking at whether I sign up to the evening course for level three, um, which will obviously be self-funded or whether I can get into something like an apprenticeship. 
So it's kind of this sort of crossover space now. I'd really like to get the apprentice. And if I can't get that, then I'll carry on doing what I'm doing now. And uh, and I'll I'll go down the, the self-funded route for, for some of the level three. Fantastic. There's a couple of avenues I'd like to go down there. And, and firstly, it's your experience with apprenticeship delivery in the mechanical sector and kind of the um, marry up of that alongside other trades. Because I think it's quite consistent, whatever trade you pick, be it plumbing, carpentry, brickwork, mechanics, the processes and frameworks, have you said, you know, they're quite similar, aren't they, in the way they're set out? That's my basic understanding as an electrician. You'll know far more than me about that. Yeah, I mean, you know, standards are very much set up. And the idea of, of the apprenticeship standard is that it was all that, that each one has been designed by a group of employers. Um, so they, they might not be what everyone is aware of as like, you know, like yourself, Powersonic and, you know, all the other local small to medium enterprises that, that everybody would assume. That will be the, you know, the likes of the big employers, the big engineers, some of those that, that will set them up. The same with the motor vehicle, you know, it won't be. It won't be the little garages. It'll be the likes of, you know, the fast fit centres. It'll be the likes of the manufacturers and the, the makers and builders of vehicles. But they all set out to say, what do we want someone in this this job to be able to do? And that's what they should be learning. So apprentices should be going out and getting the theoretical knowledge, like I've done at my evening course, but they'll get that like one day a week or block race at college. And the rest of the time, they should be taking that learning and working alongside a skilled, knowledgeable, competent, electrician, mechanic, plumber, plasterer, you name it, and actually taking that knowledge and putting it into the real world. Um, and that's, I think, where the route that I might end up going down as a retrainee is is lacking because that's what you don't get, is that four days a week where you are then facing walls and you know drilling joists and carrying cable and pulling wires and all of the stuff that makes you remember it time and time and time, that repetition of a job where you know what you're doing and dealing with things on a, on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, so they're employer-led, aren't they? And one of the new things apprentices are going to have to learn to do is shout down a telephone at tech support engineer while you're trying to commission a solar system. But I'm not I'm not going to get into that again. Yeah, you're dead <laughs> right. It is, it is employer-led, isn't it? So they kind of set what they want in terms of people to fulfil the job roles, and then people go down those training routes, taking the theoretical and practical side, be it if you're an electrician or, or whatever else. And your situation, as you said, is very similar to lots of people who can't find those apprenticeship roles. It's not just older entrants. There's there's youngsters fresh out of school who are having trouble trying to find employers. At every single level, it is difficult. And I think that's consistent throughout all different industries, to be fair. There's been a shift towards agency labour, and there's various factors playing a part that we've spoke about loads on this podcast. But yeah, it's it's a tricky one. And then in your circumstance, you're now trying to, push the theoretical side of your learning on as far as you can. And as you've identified, and we've spoken about before on this podcast, there is the roadblock at the end of trying to find an employer who will give you that opportunity to build your portfolio and get some work experience. And there's a bit of good news. And I know we've spoken about this privately, Matt. I've had some conversations with people at some of the CPS providers and within TESP and the ECA. And I know industry are looking at this. They're trying to find ways to help people who are on those retrainee routes have access to employers alongside training providers. So hopefully likes of JTL, the ECA, NIC, NAPIT can get their members together and try and formulate something that's going to help you know solve that. Because there's a lot, a large percentage in some regions, I think 70% of people drop out on those full-time study routes. So that is something that must be fixed as far as I'm concerned for not just you, for lots of other people as well. 
Sorry, let me just sort. Oh, okay. Matt's just sorting his um, dog out at the back there. She's an absolute superstar. She's been uh, making friends with Matthew and Nathan all week, trying to grab hold of the sandwiches and sausage rolls that Matt and Andrea have been providing us with. Sorry. Yeah. Um, I think that is the big problem is, is the, the work experience. And again, you know, looking at all of the stuff that comes out on social media across qualified mechanic, uh, qualified sparks, apprentice sparks, wannabe sparks, the, the, this concern of like, you know, rolling on from the old um, domestic installer part P stuff that has been, you know, in the past, the fact that, you know, short courses, evening classes, um, they're great because you've got the knowledge, but you don't have that practical ability. And, and and what's frustrated me a lot is I haven't just been applying for apprenticeships. I've been, you know, writing out to all the local sparks from, you know, NIC, trade, uh, find a contractor, and even just saying, look, if you're not, if you're not interested in an apprenticeship, I can get every Friday off. I'll come and do some work experience. And, and no one has, has even gone back saying, no, we can't do it. There's just been no response. So it's really, really difficult, even when you want to try and get out and get some experience, to actually, you know, even do that. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a difficult one, isn't it? And I really do sympathise with the circumstance that that you're faced with. Um, yeah, it's, it's one of those where we try at our small level to offer that and we're hopefully going to come back and do a bit of mentoring with you as well while we help you along with a few more things at your home. So there is aspects there but that's a small drop in the ocean of what what is required um yeah in terms of solving that problem long term it does involve i think some government and industry direction on it it's not something we're ever going to be able to fix in apprentice one-to-one and for anyone who is listening to this and actively takes part in the facebook group over on apprentice one-to-one it is matt you are speaking to alongside daniel they're the two guys who do an excellent job as admin and moderators in there and Matt is the one giving you the guidance on how to approach finding an employer. And the stuff he puts in there is incredible. Um, it's far beyond any advice I could offer myself. So if you're not already in that Facebook group and you are looking to get an apprenticeship, get yourselves in there and go and take in some of the great feedback Matt's sharing. So thanks for doing that, Matt. It's all stuff that you volunteer for you in your own time. And I'm grateful for you taking the time to do it. No, that's fine. I, I would just say to people that are on that, if I... If I give you advice and guidance, it sounds narky. You need to bear in mind, you know, I'm 48. I've been in the training game for 30 years. I've been an apprentice. I've been an apprentice manager. I've run the schemes. You know, I, I do know what I'm talking about in that guidance. So if I say, you know, get your son or daughter to write their own stuff, it's because that as an employer is what I'd be looking for. As a manager, that's what I'd be looking for. So it might sound harsh, but... It's a no, harsh wilderness, isn't it, Mark? I think that I think that's a big message we all need to get out there. And, and you and Dan have been doing it in the in the group. There's other people on social media I've seen saying the same things. And I try to echo that message. It is really important that if you are trying to help your child find an apprenticeship, because it is a bit daunting as a 16 and 17-year-old, that that encouragement is for them to make the approach to employers and get them to step out on social media and make the interactions themselves. You can then support them with that by sharing and getting involved in the comments and engaging around some of it as well. But let them lead because it does make a big difference, as, as Matt just said, 100%. Um, I would agree with you on that one. Yeah, and if they don't believe me, go back and find your podcast where you talk to Kerry. Yes, Kerry Cranis. Yeah. 
because she says exactly the same thing, but she is an electrical business owner, manager, employs electrical apprentices. And she talks also in there about some some issues that she's had. So it's that's a really good episode for people to go and look at if they want to support their, you know, kids or, or guardians or whatever. Yeah, and Neil has said the same as well. Another employer who takes on lots of apprentices. It does really make a difference. That We've spoken about all the things you can do to incre- increase your chances. It's still really difficult. I get it. I know me saying it sounds so simple. It's not guaranteed to work, but it's something you can do to proactively help yourself. Pulling the conversation back to you a bit, Matt, um, and, and your expectations and goals going forward, you know, you're trying to get into a specific area of industry or have you got an ambition of having your own small business? What is the direction you see yourself taking? Um, I don't think there's a particular area that I want to get into. I, I'm I'm open to trying anything and everything. Um, you know, I think, as I said, you know, being I am a little bit older, the idea of crawling around in lofts and house bashing and stuff all day isn't really necessarily for me, but I'll do it if that's what I need to do to get the experience, to get the quals that I need. Um, I quite like the the stuff that um, that Jamie puts out, you know, all of the industrial, you know, controls, that sort of stuff. I really like the look of some of the stuff that, um, uh, I can't remember his name, Ledge Approved, is it Mark? Yes, yes, that's you know, a great account on Instagram. Yeah, some of the stuff that he puts on it, it is really, really good. Um, but I think... Something uh, either along like the industrial commercial um, side of stuff, but actually, like I said, you know, I, I got really interested in a lot of it with the renewables, and I think that's somewhere where, because it's quite new to a lot of people, it's probably almost easier for someone like me to get into because everyone's playing catch up. So you know, the solar batteries, um, EV, all the stuff that we come with EV grid, EV to grid, uh, air source heat pumps. You know, we're moving or everyone seems to be moving that way with power, with homes, with everything. Um, and I think, yeah, that's that's what I'd be looking at. Um, definitely sort of that, that area, more of a, a much more of a commercially industrial thing than, than, you know, chasing walls and what have you. So that, that kind of ties in a bit with your mechanical background, I'd say. That's a good fit for you coming from that area into commercial industrial and also the renewable space because there's lots of roof mount systems you're working with existing structures and a big part of that is wind loading calculations now and it's a bit beyond just electrical as you did for us at your property building up the the backboard for us to mount the equipment onto you know the areas we're getting involved in are spilling into so many other places now from being internet experts and it gurus to structural engineers um, and having people from different sectors of industry coming towards us is much needed. We need that skilled pool of people coming into the renewable space. So I think that's probably a, a good shout for you. Um, what area of the UK you're located in, if there are any employers listening to this who can maybe help you out with some experience? Yeah, so I, I'm in uh, Staffordshire, so I'm on the Staffordshire Derbyshire borders. Um, for those in this area, they'll know I'm near Alton Towers and I'm near the... Um, the, the Froggle Railway, so it's quite a well-known bit of the world here for, for anyone, but certainly Alton Towers is where I'm at. And, but yeah, totally, I get your, what you're saying with, you know, needing all of the different skills, and that's why certainly on, on Instagram, I think Ledge Approved is really interesting because it is a bit of everything, and that's kind of, I'd almost see myself doing that, um, that maintenance route of, of general, and I know 
Jamie on a lot of stuff I've seen him do, um, certainly with you, says that's a route a lot of people don't look at. It's like a maintenance engineer because you need mechanical, you need electrical, um, you know, and that's possibly more of the industrial route where I can bring the skills I've got already from motor vehicle, from welder fabricator, from, you know, being a fencing installer, all of those things I've done and building maintenance. And then add to those skills and knowledge. So it's not like I won't be useful from the start, but it's to learn the other bits that I don't have necessarily a, a great grasp of at the minute. Yeah, you would be an ideal candidate in a in a commercial industrial or renewables business without any question. And I can think of um, an employer who's very close to you actually in the renewable space who's looking for employees and I will definitely be making sure they listen to this podcast because <laughs> I think that's a good fit Ben if you are going to watch this um, to reach out and have a chat with Matt but yeah that's another issue again off in discussion off the podcast but definitely an avenue to explore uh, yeah, yeah I, I totally understand what you're saying in terms of you know bringing those skills that you've got into other areas of industry and ledge approved account is fantastic the stuff he shares on there is really detailed and it has a bit of a character behind it as well, doesn't it? So I'll tag that Instagram handle inside this video as well. And Jamie was supposed to be here with us tonight, but he's working late on some industrial controls. I think he actually forgot his Klein through crimping tool for the data lead and he's not been able to get the internet to work. So he's still on site, left his Klein through crimper at home. Um, so he couldn't make it. And Craig is supposedly maybe going to appear shortly. We shall see. But he's also been tied up with work. This is eight o'clock on an evening. So as often happens, people can't always make it, which is a shame. But you could have had a chat with those guys yourself. And I'm sure they would have given you more insight into those areas than me, because that's something I'm not actively involved in with the industrial side of stuff. Yeah, I was quite looking forward to, to sort of meeting Jamie. You know, I think he's he's one of those cats. There's a few people I'd really like to meet. You were obviously one of them. You were the first the first proper influencer I met. Um, I missed uh, Dave Savory and Nige at CEF Live. Um, and yeah, I was quite looking forward to, to meeting meeting Jen Live. That's a shame, never mind. I'm sure we'll get you back on and you can have a chat with Jamie on another one. He will be up for it, especially when he listens to this and realises you actually think he, he talks sense. Because at the minute... He's got an army of people telling him he doesn't. So it's good to have someone in his in his camp. But I'm sure we'll get you back on um, and have a chat around all of that as well. In terms of your experience of your training so far, you know what kind of of courses you've done. You mentioned you're at Stafford College doing your yeah. or done your level two. You know, tell yeah. us a bit about how that went and your experience at the college. And I think you've done some study as well with Sparking Ninja from looking around your Instagram. So how have you found that and some of the other stuff you've been involved with through the course so far? Um, I'm going to have to be really careful now because we've named the college, which is, um, I think actually, you know, Stafford do what they can with what they, they've got. And I think you've seen it. Um, Gaz and Joe and the team have seen it at their college events. There's a lot of people going out helping around the colleges. And I think, unfortunately, they are, um, they are badly funded, not necessarily badly funded, but you know, the, the, there's issues around funding and availability and, and staffing and resource. Um, and I think we had that, and I, that was apparent at Stafford. And, and I'm a bit odd, I'll, I'll admit that as well. I like to know Join that if I'm, going to go so <laughs> if, I, if I'm going to go and do something, I need to know that I can do it when I want to do it. I would do things like, you know, go to a screw fix or tool station and buy four lengths of conduit and some and whatever and some back boxes and rock up to college and I'd say right this is what we're doing tonight 
and I'd get it all out of the car and I'd put it all together and then I'd take it home um, just so that I knew that I couldn't because you hear stories of people that, you know, can't do an assessment because the college hasn't got enough conduit or back boxes or switches. Um, and I think that's really poor across, across the board. The lecturers, absolutely top-notch, you know, really, really cool. I'm fairly sure that one of our lecturers, his um, continuous claim to fame is that he taught uh, Mr. Bundy. Um, so I oh, think wow. Nick went to Stafford <laughs> College. So we, we get that quite a lot. Um, so he's really good, you know, really knowledgeable. Again, I think he's more of a industrial spark than a domestic spark. Um, really good sort of backup tutor. The bunch of lads on it were great. There was a real range from sort of early 20s. I thought I'd be the oldest, but I wasn't. There was a chap on there who was 60 something cracking on, getting it done. Um, we all sort of helped each other out. I think the training there at the college was really, really good. I started late because um, I couldn't find somewhere that did it. I piled straight in and got everything done. And, and again, you know, I like to be prepared. So I got into I got into GSH, I got into eFix, I got into Joe Robinson training. Um, I watched loads of stuff from all of your podcasts, loads of Instagram things. So I was basically going in saying can I do these assessments? Can I have a go at them? So I did my level two in, I think, three months. It's good going. And, and they hadn't really even got into the theory before I'd done all of my assessments. I'd just go and go, I've learned it. Here's my book. Here's my stuff. This is my write-ups. You know, there's my portfolio. Let's get it done. Um, yeah, so that was quite good. And like you said, yes, I've done um, I've done loads of the CPD from, from eFix. That's brilliant. If anyone's not done it, get on there, sign up, you know, it's accredited at CPD, get certificates for it. <clears throat> and then I saw something, I think it was on Instagram, I saw something from Sparky Ninja saying that they were going to trial um, an online 18th edition 7671 course. So I signed up for that because it said that he's based, he's based up near you, I think. Um, I think so. He's up in the northeast, isn't he? Is it Stockton, yeah. Middlesbrough way? I think about 50 miles up the coast. Yeah, so I thought that would be, you know, a bit great to go and work with because, you know, again, David from Sparking Ninja really knows his stuff, some really, really knowledgeable people. Um, but they were doing it with remote invigilation, so you can do your test at home. So that was great. Signed up to that, got the course from, from David at Spark Ninja. It's brilliant. You can watch it as many times as you want. You go through it. He's just, the level of detail he goes into, everything behind 7671, is just immense it really is so with that and with a copy of the book and some of the you know study tabs and all the rest of the things that goes with it um i set up in the garage um in the workshop that you weren't in the one next door so i could do my online invigilation because it was great and david was brilliant sparking into a spot on the biggest problem there was actually city and guilds remote invigilation will only work on a pc they won't back up max and i've got a mac I've got a MacBook and I've oh, got an iPhone. <laughs> so I had to dig out an old PC, set it up in the workshop, get a webcam and everything that went with it. It was that was the worst bit of it was actually set up the online invigilation, but the rest of it was was absolutely spot on. That's that's good feedback. And the guys at eFix, if you've said, I think they've got a new training zone now. I've done one of the CPDs from that, which seems a bit different to what they first started doing. I'm sure it's a new website and you get a proper certificate really good uh detail course i think it's joe robinson who leads that he does all the little video content in and around it i've done a couple of them 
Brilliant. And as you've said, if there's anything in the electrical industry that you're not sure of as an electrician or a learner, it will be on GSH. Gaz has built a library up on there that is golden to the electrical industry. So if you're not already, I'm sure you are, go follow the GSH channel. And yeah, Sparking Ninja with his, um, I think he does 2391 as well and 2396 from some of the stuff I've seen floating around. And as you've said, you can do it online. I think Learning Lounge doing online, the wiring regs as well. It seems to be the way everyone's kind of gone. I guess COVID probably fast-tracked all of that. So now the, the world's working more remotely. I guess it makes sense with exams where you can do that. I had concerns about, about cheating with stuff like that maybe three or four years ago, but that was before I had experience of the technology. I'd never done Zoom meetings or anything like that until that stage. Now you see how it all works. You understand how the invigilation works. You realize that it's quite a rigid system, so I'm much more comfortable with that than I prior was. And uh, yeah, it's good to hear that you've got ahead of yourself a little bit. You've done your level two. You've got your wiring regs. You've done a load of CPDs. So you've been a through as as much as you can in your own time, really, because you are still holding down a day job at the minute as well. So it's yeah. no mean feat, is it? And there's lots of other people in your circumstance who've been on this podcast. There's Mike. I don't know if you're following him. Uh, Mike, the electrician on Instagram. He's done his um, full qualification now. He's just finished. I believe he's done his AM2 and actually qualified. He's got the quals for a gold card. Whether he's applied for it or not, I'm not sure. But he's in his 30s. He's just done it. Obviously, there's Dan as well. He's on that that journey who's prominent on social media so you're not the only person and i think it's a, a problem we need to try and work together to solve as industry alongside people like you going through it i think often you're the voices that get forgotten just spoken about as statistics and numbers but it's real people behind all of this so we need to engage maybe through apprentice one-to-one because -one, there is a pool of people in there to try and have that discussion with industry perhaps yeah, very much. I think it is something that needs to be really brought. I think there's a lot of talk about, you know, full-time courses, level three, level two. There's a lot of talk about what's happening with T-levels. Um, but the fact that there's there's a big group of people that are, you know, my age, Dan's age, Mike, the rest of it, where we're putting our hands in our pockets and we're paying providers to do something. And actually then you sort of feel like, what am I getting from this? And is it just, you know, just changing the college's back pocket and they're not really worried about it? Um, and I, I'm doing it for me just because if nothing else, that's what I want to do. And and one of the one of the driving forces from it, although it turns out it's going to be a very long road, is you know what we've got planned here because you've kind of done some, some of it. But one of my, my plans is that, you know, effectively I can then do everything here because I'll be qualified. Although it looks like it's now going to be, I might need to change my name from Sparky by 50 to Sparky by 55 or Sparky before I die or something like that, because it's taken quite a while. Yeah, I guess once you get onto the level three, if you've got your evidence for your portfolio pre-built, although I think you have to have that within the last 12 to 18 months in terms of your portfolio. So you can't get too far ahead of yourself, I suppose. But yeah, fingers crossed things start to move and you can get some experience out on site. It's definitely an interesting angle of discussion as well, perhaps with Nick. I know he watches these podcasts on occasion and he's not far from you and you've been taught by his former lecturer. Um, perhaps there's some ground to discuss there as well. And, and your overview of the college is so consistent with what I have seen and what I do here through Apprentice One-to-One. -one. I know from discussions I've had with, with Gaz and the eFix team as well, you know, it is very common that there's lots of good lecturers out there really, really trying um, and their hands are tied by budgets. Like you said, or kind of alluded towards the general budget 
pool is maybe there, but it's not been passed through to the people who need to spend it, I suppose is the way of saying it. And also there has been the huge increase in all of the costs in terms of running colleges and training facilities and the course fees haven't followed as quickly. You know, we all feel that in our daily lives, don't we? And I do as a business owner, but we're able to kind of react to that and increase our salaries or charge more to our customers. But the colleges are kind of fixed on long-term contracted agreements with government usually, and it's not that straightforward. So I do understand and sympathize, and the lecturers are doing some brilliant work as best as they can. And I often feel sorry for them when we do have these complaints, not on this podcast, but on other ones, um, where it can feel it's a bit of a shot at them because they are really trying, and that's not the case. It's just trying to discuss the difficult problems and help solve them, really. Um, so yes, that's a another thing that desperately needs improving, as you so well highlighted. Is there any other kind of tips you'd like to share to people who are thinking of becoming electricians or already on that journey? I know you share lots of them in the Facebook group, so they are all in there. But for anyone who's listening to the podcast, I often ask people if they've got any tips or advice. It could be from getting an interview to getting into a college or whatever. Um, I, I guess I'd give different bits of advice to different groups. So if you are you know, what you would think of as a typical kind of apprentice. So your school leavery or under 20, um, and thinking of being, being an electrician, um, get on a course. Get signed up to a full course, full-time course. It'll be funded by the government. You know, you've got to be in education until you're 18 anyway at the minute, so you might as well make use of it. Um, and my understanding from the full-time courses is actually they're about three and a half, possibly four days a week. So then take that extra time that you're not at college and get out there and find some sparkies that will give you some work experience. You know, get out of bed on that Friday. Don't have a lie-in. Go out and do some work. Take what you've learned at college, show it to people, show them what you can do. Anything you're doing, whether it's at college, at work, you know, you name it, then get yourself Instagram, TikTok, threads, whatever, LinkedIn. Start saving that information somewhere because someone someday is going to say, what have you done? And you can go, this is what I've done. It's all here. Um, so for the younger people, get on a full-time course. Don't just say, I want to be an apprentice, because as we know, there aren't many places and there are many, many people who want that. So get on a course, get some quals behind you, get some experience where you can. You know, also look at other things. You know, um, I put stuff on Facebook a little while ago. There were some of the wholesalers were doing uh, trade supplier apprentice it's a really good way to get into the industry so you'll have a background of you know a couple of years of dealing with sparkies coming in you'll know what the stuff is you'll know what people are ordering you'll know what's good and um, you can then take that and do another apprenticeship down the line just because you've done one doesn't stop you doing another so so do that if you're a bit older and you're outside of the bands of funding then uh, you're just going to have to dig deep find the money for uh, a course do evening courses don't just jump into the first place that guarantees you a level three in three weeks. It's just not going to happen. Take it steady. Do it one or two evenings a week. Go to a local college because the local colleges are, are there for everyone. Um, do it that way. So learn, learn, learn. Again, try and practice where you can. I used to take everything off the wall at college and rather than stick it in the skip and go to boot in my car, it'd come home, it'd go up on a wall in my garage just so that I can see what I've done, take photos of it. Practice it again, redo it, remake it. Um, if you're older and you want to go down the route, you know, apprenticeships are for everyone. The rulings on funding or, or pay, sorry, any apprentice in year one 
is legally entitled to the minimum apprentice wage, which is five pounds something an hour. So you may have to be willing to take a hit on your wages. But if you want to be a spark, if you want that, you know, looking at adverts, if you want that chance to get 35 grand a year, 40 grand a year, you know, run your own business, do whatever, that hit for for 12 months might be what you've got to do. Or look for the bigger companies that will, will, will do that. I mean, I've been for interviews with a housing association who were offering JIB rates, which meant I'd be on about 22 grand a year for the first year of an apprenticeship, which is brilliant compared to £5.50 an hour. Um, but I've also looked at places where it's, you know, 15, 16 grand a year. And if that's what I need to do to get where I want to be, that's what I'll do. And, and I think the biggest advice I'd give anyone is if you want this, you've got to go and get it, but you're not going to get it by getting on Facebook and going, give me a job. <laughs> you've got to sell yourself. You've got to get, you know, get social media, get work experience, put things out there, do other stuff. You know, I mean, I did my 18th edition because it's something I can say, I've got my 18th edition. I'm going to get, or I'm halfway through getting um, uh, ECS student card. It's quite difficult to get it without like a level three and a proper apprenticeship, but that's worth doing because then you say I've got a card. Um, you know, do do MUC, do IPATH, um, stuff I didn't do when I did a different job. I was a tree surgeon for a while, so I should have done my MUP and things then, but that would have been really good because I could have kept it there. But all these are little things that will make you more employable, even as stuff like as an improver or a mate where you're just banging in containment. You know, you need things like um, mutes and iPads and lifts um, and scaffolding and ladders. So all of these things that you can think of that aren't necessarily related to the everyday sparking trade make you more employable. And then the more you can do that, when you then go back out and say, I'm looking for an apprenticeship, I'm looking for work experience, but I've got, Level two, did it in my own evening class. I've got uh, 18th edition, paid for it myself, did it myself, studied for it. Got all this CPD from eFix. The trade is starting to understand what eFix CPD means. It's actually worth something. You know, uh, I've got this Instagram account where I've got all of this stuff that I've made and I've built and all the rest of it. And you're going to have more chance of an employer going, do you know what? You really want to do this. You've put your time and effort and money into getting to where you are. And you're not just getting your mum to write me a letter saying, please give little Johnny an apprenticeship. You know, I think because there are so many people fighting for so few posts, you've got to do everything that you can to stand out from the crowd and say, this is what I can do. Please give me a chance. And also, I think I was saying this to someone else the other day. I think I've been for about seven or eight electrical job interviews in the last year. And clearly, I haven't got any of them, but you've got to dust yourself off, try and find out why you didn't get it. So get them feedback, tell them why you didn't get it, put things in place to make that better and just plod for the next one and the next one and the next one and the next one. If you want it, you'll get there in the end. But if you're not really bothered, you ain't going to get anything. That's a five-minute golden segment of tips in a way that I couldn't have said any better myself that's a clip in its own right to share i think in the facebook group and on instagram and everywhere else and i'll try and clip it out and do that because that was brilliant matt thank you very much for for saying that so well 
it's a, a brilliant bit of advice from somebody who understands how the apprenticeship system works. And it's coming from the place that matters the most, somebody going through this. So the fact you've um, you've said all of those things and you understand that it is very difficult and you're trying to set yourself apart, you know, that's that's good on you. But to share that advice with others as well um, is, is amazing. So thank you for doing that. And as I said, if you are an employer watching this, you'd do well to get in touch with Matt if you're in that area of the UK and have a conversation with him. Is there anything else you'd like to discuss on this podcast, Matt, before we draw it to a, a close? Um, I'm just trying to think. I think, like I'd say, you know, if people really, really want this, they've got to work for it. They've got to go for it. And they've got to get there. Um, and, you know, I, I will see jobs in my area for apprenticeships or, or improvers or whatever, and I will share that to social media because I know that there'll be people that are more likely to get it than me. I'd rather someone that really wants it gets that job and has a go and gets a chance to do it. And, you know, I'll, I'll get there in the end. Um, and I think actually the one thing I would say is probably the same sort of thing that everybody says when they come on here is I do my little bit where I can. You know, I, I admin your Facebook group and that's about all I can manage at the minute. You know, I advocate for apprenticeships where I can. But I think everyone needs to sort of take a, a massive leaf out of your book. Uh, what an individual can do to help other people get where they want to be and the work that Apprentice One to One has put in, the work that you've put into it, you know, is is the same sort of as, as Gaz and Joe and everyone else does. And, and I think everyone in this space, in this industry, really needs to do everything they can to, to help you move apprenticeships to where they can be because I'll stand by what I've said to people in the past. Apprenticeships are brilliant. They really are. Standards are great. You know, trust me, I've worked on frameworks and I could have got you an NVQ3 and motor vehicle in about 20 minutes in the old days. Standards, you've got to be able to do the job and, and, and they need to be kept as good as they are. And it's people like you and all of the one apprentice one-to-one family that holds the likes of the government to, to account when people try and make changes. You know, you hear people in the trade saying, we want apprentices, apprentices are great, short courses don't work, you've got no experience, but everyone needs to get involved. The industry needs to take people on, be willing to take an apprentice. You know, you can't say they're great and then go, I don't want one. That doesn't work. Um, if there's things that are wrong with the apprentices they're taking on, then, you know, an old fart like me who's been going to work every day for, th for 30 years and doesn't play on his phone all day so change the way that people look at apprentices and apprenticeships and 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 totally you know hat off to you and everything you've done since you started apprentice one-to-one -one and the thousands of people you've helped get into jobs and um, you know it'd be great if something from from your network makes it several thousand and one um, <laughs> but if not fine i'll keep doing my bit you'll keep doing your bit and whatever I can do to help out, give me a shout, mate, and I'll, I'll do what I can. No, thank you very much. You've been too kind there. And and like you said, Apprentice One to One is, is a family. There's lots of people helping in different parts of social media and in the real world, actually. You and Dan do a great job on Facebook. I've got Neil, Sam and Rick still right from the early days. We're constantly chatting through ideas. And thankfully, parts of industry are listening to some of the stuff we're saying. So we've got the likes of the ECA and TESP and NAPIT and NIC. And these are the bodies that can lobby government. We've got no voice in that place. No one's really going to listen to to us at that level, but they will be listened to. And hopefully they can get that message over that a lot of the talk government give towards the renewables, net zero, 
the green agenda and apprenticeships actually need some policy behind it to make it work. So fingers crossed they can get that over. And um, yeah, just huge thanks to you again for taking the time to chat with me tonight and also for doing the Facebook admin. If anybody does want to get in touch with Matt, I will tag his Instagram in the description of this video. And if you're an employer and you want to go off and see some of the stuff he's been doing on there, there's bits and pieces, as he said, on there as well. Um, if you do have any questions in and around the podcast, drop them in the comments below as normal. If you want to go and ask myself or Matt anything in the Facebook group, there's a link in there below as well. And until the next time, we'll see you then. Thanks, Matt. Cheers, Mark. Thank you very much.